control. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio, entering our second decade as the number one Irish tech podcast with the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. We're on air with RTE and online via your favourite podcasting app, be that Apple Podcasts or Spotify or iTunes. We're on all of them. Uh, We also keep you up to date daily on all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Joining me as always to take a look at the news stories of the week is our editor-in-chief, Niall Kitson. Uh, Niall, I suppose the biggest one for me, and possibly for you, you're a bit of a Star Wars head, aren't you? Uh, yes. Okay, so Disney Plus is coming to Ireland. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, Star Wars, Marvel. You know, who who else do you want to come? You know? I, I'm only interested in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm quite interested in the politics of the Marvel move, uh, believe it or not. Uh, and let's just get the easy bit out of the way. Uh, Disney Plus actually arriving a week earlier than expected. Uh, initially uh, expected for the end of March. It's coming on the 24th. It'll be five ninety nine per month or fifty nine ninety nine for the year. Uh, and they are promising 500 movies and 7,500 TV episodes. That's amazing, isn't it? For, for a start, that's not bad at all. So what kind of stuff then, aside from Star Wars? Because there's, there's not only Star Wars, but there's a Star Wars um, kind of side series well, yeah, there, as well. There's all the spin-off stuff. There's the Clone Wars stuff. Uh, there's Star Wars Rebels, I'm sure, is in there as well. And uh, The Mandalorian, which I haven't got stuck into just yet, but everybody says is is really good. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know about Star Wars. I mean, if you, if you look on it as sort of a, a franchise, I mean, what's your favourite Star Wars movie? I'd have to say episode four, like the original one. Right. Because, because when, you went to, when you went to see that in the cinema at the time, it was so far ahead of its time. Mm. It was like, wow. Whereas when you look at it now, it's kind of like it's a little dated. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I really enjoyed the, uh, the one that was out just at Christmas. Right, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and I like the the way they kind of like wrapped everything up and kind of mm-hmm. at the at the end of the movie is like, wow, that's it. After nine movies, that's it. And I'm thinking, no. Yeah, oh, they'll find a way. <laughs> find they a will way. find a way. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like Bobby Ewing if you remember waking up yeah, in the show. Yeah. It was the, all a dream. The greatest <laughs> swerve in television history, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking of getting a, a Disney Plus. I think I would sign up for that. I'm actually looking at uh, getting a new box for the for the TV. That right. Would be able to take in Disney Plus and also be able to take in Apple TV because I'd like to see some of their programs. Mm-hmm. And you know what? For six quid a month, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, as an introductory offer, I wonder will they will they do a first month free uh, like Netflix do? Like, uh, do Apple Music still do a first month free? I can't remember. Let's say they do. <laughs> and listen, it's six quid. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even doesn't really matter. It's not a lot, but it, it depends on who's in your household, you know, and. This brings up the issue of the Marvel stuff because you, all the Marvel stuff will be gone off Netflix. That's that's mm. a given. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there is uh, not not a three season deal, but there's some sort of clause that will see the Marvel shows on Netflix go as well. So Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Punisher uh, will be gone. Um, now, does that mean that they're all going to be rebooted on Disney Plus? Can't see that happening. Mm. Um, as the three shows, they were much grittier, much more violent. Uh, Daredevil was fantastic, actually. Uh, 
easily the best of the three. Mm. Um, I think Jessica Jones was very overrated and uh, the Punisher had a, a reasonable good series, but a, a poor second series. Mm. Now, that, that actually kind of is the interesting thing for me with Disney Plus, because you think Disney, you automatically think the kids. Mm. Yeah, but there's a lot of adult content on it. There is, and they've got they've got different brands as well. Like they own National Geographic. Uh, they're actually a big investor in uh, Vice, but I don't think we'll see any Vice content <laughs> arrive on Disney Plus. Uh, just putting putting that out to the side. But I'd say you know if you're into your wildlife programming, if you if you like your your classics, um, by all means, I think I think it'd be a fascinating service to navigate around. Now, it's interesting that we have all of these options now. So we've had yeah. Netflix for ages and we're kind of trained into paying a couple of quid for uh, for these type of TV services. Mm. Now we've got Disney+, Plus, uh, Amazon, of course, uh, Google Play, if you want to uh, watch movies one at a time or whatever it happens yeah. to be. All of this is affecting Netflix, which is the other big story of the day, of the week. Yeah, Netflix released their quarterly results and uh, dished out quite a bit of food for thought for, uh, for the American company. Right, they they set a target of six hundred thousand new subscribers for the quarter. That's what they wanted to bring in. They only brought in four hundred twenty thousand. So they cited increased competition from the likes of you know HBO and Disney Plus and and all these other things. Uh, I think there there is a validity to that, um, but I think there's other reasons as well, uh, especially over here when Disney Plus ramps up. I think they're they might feel it a little more keenly hmm. um, because the catalogue over here. Uh, it's not very good. There will be, I think there is a lot of catalogue fatigue out there for Netflix because I think it's very limited. And uh, I think a, a lot of the lower quality stuff that's that's on there, we might experience a, a clear out of. Uh, do, you, do you have the problem with Netflix at home? This, this, this is a regular occurrence in our home, right? Okay. okay. So firstly, we go through 57 channels, nothing on. Yep. All right, let's have a look at Netflix and yep. we pick up a movie there. Mm-hmm. And then we almost do the same blinking thing on Netflix, yep. going through 57 different lists of movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you watch this or because you watch that or, or whatever trending now. Do you know the hardest thing to find on Netflix for me? What? My list. <laughs> I swear to God, they keep moving it, or I can't find it, or whatever. It drives me nuts. It's kind of like you know, I've I've starred all these movies mm-hmm. that I would like to watch. Where is the darn list? Yeah. Um. But anyway, for each of us trying to agree on a movie we both like, mm-hmm. and it's near impossible. Is that the same with you? I have spent hours trying to pick the perfect movie on Netflix. <laughs> I've spent longer than the running time of a movie looking for a movie. <laughs> Uh, so it's just, it's frustrating. That's the it? Netflix conundrum, it's you know? It's frustrating. It's kind of like if you think about, if you were to go back to the 50s, yeah, and you were to tell somebody you will have, you know, a window-sized display in your living room that will show you anything you want, yep. just like the cinema, yeah, on demand, whenever, mm. all right? Uh, and then you will have an endless choice, and then you will spend three hours trying to find it's, something. It's a ridiculous question. We we are overburdened with choice. Mm. Like uh, a movie app that uh, I subscribe to that I've talked about a few times is Mubi. Mm. And they give you 30 good movies at a time. That's it. They take away a movie a day. They add a movie a day. Mm. It's 30 movies. Well, I'm the same with uh, uh, DAB, as you know, I'm, I'm mm. involved in that. And that's one of the things I like about uh, digital. Like on FM, you've kind of got, OK, you've got a choice of, say, you've got 20 radio stations. All right. If we were that lucky. Mm. Uh, if you move, upgrade to a DAB uh, setup in the UK, you might have 50 or 60. 
stations. Yeah. And okay. kind of, that's okay, I can handle that, all right? Mm. But then you get into a Wi-Fi radio, and it's like, suddenly it's like, it's 20,000 radio stations. Yeah. Forget it. They, they, yeah. I'm not even going there. Like, yeah. yeah. So I get what you're talking about. It's kind of like, you want that kind of curated choice. And I think mm. it happens a lot on Spotify as well. People yeah. like certain playlists because it'll just play the type of music that they like. Yeah, and I, I realised that yeah. I wasn't Spotifying properly. Mm-hmm. I, I was just putting in bands that I already owned mm-hmm. that I quite liked yeah. when I actually should have been, well, what am I interested in learning about? Discovering new music. Discovering oh. new music as opposed to, you know, indulging in the member berries and, and just putting in things from my from my youth <laughs> that I enjoyed back in the day, you know? So listen, uh, very quickly, uh, Netflix, so they are, they didn't hit their targets. Didn't uh, hit their targets I, I always in the think US. that's a weird one in, in the sales world because, you know, somebody kind of goes, all right, well, we should be able to hit that. And then yeah. if you don't, it's kind of like it's seen as a disaster. Yeah. Well, here, here's the, the good same news. Time. Here's the good news for Netflix. Go on. Uh, internationally, they actually got 8.33 million uh, new subscribers when they expected to get seven. So anything that they got that fell short in the States was smashed internationally. So now they've got to look at the audiences and go, actually, maybe we should be catering less to the US where, where we have a fairly crowded marketplace and be looking more towards what's popular in Europe because this is more uncharted territory and there's less competition for us. Possibly. So are they going to be uh, continuing to make a uh, big investment in shows and movies and stuff? Oh, they say that they're going to be spending 17 billion on content in 2020 alone. Now, you kind of think that, like, that's insane. And the one thing I will give Netflix kudos for over the last year, two years or whatever, is that some, mm-hmm. not all, yeah. some of those Netflix movies actually quite good. I, I made a little list, actually, of, of Netflix movies that I, I've quite enjoyed. Go on. And um, so some of these, I think, are films that wouldn't have come to the, to the cinema otherwise. Uh, top of the list is Siege of Jadoville, uh, which is about when the Irish UN peacekeepers got, uh, got ambushed. Uh, and that's a great little movie with Jamie Dornan in it. Um, Marriage Story, we know about. Mudbound uh, was, um, I think it's, it's a Dust Bowl uh, film uh, about two families uh, in the south. Uh, big big rows over whether it should be el- um, eligible for the Oscars at the time because it was a streaming service as opposed to a cinema release. Oh yeah, and this, this and that, that's why Netflix put the Irishman into cinemas. Exactly, mm. and Marriage Story as well. Just get a, a limited edition run. Just get it in the cinemas, and then you know everybody will watch it online. And that's and that's that's happening with the latest Adam Sandler film Uncut Gems which apparently is fantastic it's not a comedy it's uh, it's him playing a shady character and apparently it's tension from minute one uh, all up until the end uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it because Adam Sandler can do good movies when he wants to he can but he's had he's got a long run of turkeys he, he makes a lot of movies that make money <laughs> well there you can't you can't argue with that can you no. alright so lots to look forward to yeah. uh, with Netflix and of course lots to look forward to with Disney Plus coming to uh, our mm. screens as well listen uh, thanks as always uh, for bringing us up to date with the news this is Tech Central your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's Tech Central You might be forgiven for thinking big data projects are for big multinational corporations, but there are plenty of companies here in Ireland working on applications with more local appeal for us. Uh, Based in Killarney, Arvoya is working on finding a better way to manage transport in rural Ireland. Niall Kitson spoke with the company's chief data scientist, who's Dr. Susie Harding, to find out more. 
Susie, data science is very much an emerging area, so I, I think everybody must have a very interesting narrative coming into it and and what attracted them to the field. So what's your particular story? Yeah, data science is um, a fascinating field. Um, it's actually reasonably new as well. Um, even though the concepts were there for quite a while. Um, for myself, um, when I was in school, I loved maths and that kind of thing. And, you know, I wasn't really sure where to take that. And one of my teachers suggested looking at mathematical sciences. So that's the kind of undergraduate degree I did in UL, just because I, I really enjoyed maths. Um, and it was there that I got a real interest in statistics and specifically real world applications. Um it's it's great to be able to see maths in the real world. It's sometimes it's not always possible. Um, so after I did my degree, I kind of had a, a big interest in the statistics side of things. So I ended up moving on and doing a PhD. And then I did that in um, bioinformatics, which is statistics and medicine. So there, what I did is I tried to work with um, scientists to predict whether someone would have prostate cancer or not. And it's really interesting because what you can actually do is if you take, you know, a blood test, some of the um, markers that they can measure in blood, based on the specific combination of them, you can actually predict, you know, whether someone will have cancer or not or how aggressive it will be. But the key is, you know, the combination of those markers. So essentially it's like a big formula. Um, so it's Predictive modeling is what it's called. Um, so I spent four years doing that. And essentially, that's where I had a real love for predicting anything, predicting the future. <laughs> um, and after I completed my PhD, um, I ended up moving to industry then. Um, so I joined um, the online gaming companies. Um, so the first company I joined was PokerStars. So they're a massive company. Um, they had 82 million users worldwide. Um, and that's where I really got a love for business and data science and specifically how to take someone's experience with the product or service online and really improve it. So to make it as personalized as possible. Um, so I've worked for a few years um, on that kind of thing. And at the moment, we use that then to be able to give people what they want um, quicker and easier so that you don't have to spend hours and hours scrolling through websites trying to figure out what's the right thing for you. And so over the years, that's that's kind of my trip through data science. It is really one of the quirks of data science that you, you're using such large data, data sets to develop insights about the individual uh, and how you are able to extract that kind of knowledge um, to develop personalized models of things, even though you're dealing with very large populations. Absolutely. Um, recently, um, data was um, named as the most um, expensive commodity in the world uh, over oil. Actually, we're kind of getting to the point now where we maybe even have too much data. So we collect data on everything. And there's two problems with that. First of all, we have to store it somewhere and it's expensive. And second of all, when there's too much data, you miss the really valuable stuff. And that's a challenge for data science. Um, so sometimes you need to take a step back and think less is more. So one of the jobs of a data scientist is to spend a lot of time munging data, pulling out, you know, the really interesting things. But but when it works right, it, it can be massive. So everyone's familiar with Netflix. Um, the more you use Netflix, the better it gets. So even though they have huge amounts of data on not just you, everyone, 
they make the most of that so they learn what you like but they also learn what people similar to you like and that's exactly what we do as well so, uh, again, another quirk of data science, I, I feel, is that when you're talking about there being too much data out there, um, do you find that there are a lot of projects you've been a part of where you've sat down or, or you know products where people have sat down and they said, OK, we've all this information and somebody will say, OK, go tell us something. And you might go, what? Absolutely. <laughs> there's, there's so much here. I mean, we could we could find a particular project over here and work on it. We might discover something else. Yeah, it, it's quite tempting, actually, sometimes to think this is the data I have what can I tell? And at Arvoya, we've tried to stop working that way. So we've taken a new look at it. And instead, we try and start with the problem or what is it I want to solve or what exactly I want to do. Then we look and see, do we have the data to solve that? And if we don't, how we can capture it? It is a different approach on it. And even though, you know, it might take a little bit longer to collect that data, in the long term, it's much more beneficial. So instead of just taking all the data available and you know trying to make it fit what you want instead it's a much better approach to start with the problem to be solved and work from that side as opposed to you know delving into massive amounts of data it's it's kind of the inverse of what a lot of people expect absolutely exactly so tell us a little bit about Arvoya there, um, which is the company you work for at the moment. Yeah, yeah. so Arvoya, um, we're headquartered in Killarney. So we're an intelligent mobility um, provider. So what that actually means is that we provide data science and AI solutions to the mobility industry. So, for example, car hire and transfers, that area. So how it works is essentially our clients um, might be, for example, a car hire company. So their sites are quite generic um, and usually when you go to rent a car, it's not exactly an enjoyable process. And a lot of the reason for that is because there's so many cars available and it's really difficult to figure out which is the right one for you and then also how trustworthy it is and you know what will happen when you arrive to the desk. So what we do is we work with our clients, the, the car hire companies, and we try and take the customer's experience online and improve it significantly. So, for example, when it comes to trying to pick the right car for you. So, instead of just showing you the cheapest car and ordering cars from the cheapest to most expensive, we review this and we look at your needs and, you know, what, what you've done in the past, how you visited in the past. And if you haven't been on the site in the past, then we'll look for people similar to you. So, for example, if you've got, you know, your family with you, there's no point showing you, you know, the mini car. What we do is we learn and we figure out which car is the best for you. And then we show you that car first, the bigger car. And it actually works really well. So we found that um, by doing that, when we compare it to traditional price ordered cars, we reduce the time people are on the site looking for the car um, significantly. So it's down from the average is 45 minutes from start to finish if, you know, it's just your traditional price ordered cars. But when we use data science and AI, people get their bookings completed in 15 minutes. So um, it's significantly improved. Um, So essentially, you're just showing someone what they need as best you can based on data and data science. It's kind of a problem that you want to be invisible, really. It's it's not something that you want people to log on and go, oh, wow, this is this has gone much faster than it used to. It's just this is actually a fast site. Exactly. Um, you just want to go onto these sites and essentially just get what you want quickly. Um, so I know myself sometimes when I go on to um, websites, you know, if I'm looking for 
um, houses or things like that. You know, if they have uh, functions like your last search and you can just click on that and you see what you saw last, it's really useful. It just saves so much time. Um, so at Arvori, we're constantly striving to take, you know, a website and use AI and data science and just technology in general to make it um, as user-friendly as possible. It's always about improving the experience for the customer. Now, don't get me wrong, it makes money for the companies too, but, you know, it'd be great to get to a point where you'll come onto a site and it nearly knows what you want before you want it yourself. And I know that sounds funny, but we really are moving that way. One of the projects that you're working on that's a slightly outside the commercial sphere, I guess, is one that you're working uh, to do with rural transport, uh, particularly in County Clare. And you're working with uh, Clare County Council, I gather, on, I guess, just pr- providing a public service that maybe isn't there at all at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is a really interesting project that we're working on. Um, so it's a pilot programme which will see like an Uber-style car sharing service that's going to be launched in the Loophead Peninsula. So it's actually being launched this week at the moment. Um, so it's a voluntary initiative and the aim is to connect people in rural communities who don't have transport with private drivers who do. So it's a little bit like rural Uber, but in West Clare. Um, but you know what? It's a really exciting initiative to be involved in. We're more than aware at the moment of the issue around rural isolation. Um, it's only getting worse. And at Arvoya, we are you know, delighted to be able to use the skills and technologies that we have to, you know, um, to improve the way of life in rural Ireland. Um, we're quite aware of the fact that we're based down here in Kerry. Um, you know, a lot of the tech companies are based in Dublin. Um, and because we are a rural company, we're very keen to give back to the to the area. Um, so it's little things like this, which for us, we have um, the in-house skills to build the apps, to connect the people. Um, and using that with the County Clare um, initiative, it's going to be a really exciting project. I guess it's coming into a really good time of year for this kind of project as well, where you will have an awful lot of people seeking to get out for their Christmas parties or whatever, uh, and maybe dis- discovering that they, they actually don't have a ride to get home or they, they can't organise their travel. Absolutely. Like, you know, anyone in rural Ireland, we, it makes sense. You know you know um, the way it is. Um, you know, when I, I'm from rural Ireland myself, I grew up in a farm and everyone in rural Ireland, when you turn, you know, 17, you learn to drive. The reason is because if you don't drive, you don't get anywhere. So you have to, you know, you have to drive. Um, So there is, you know, people in rural Ireland who drive. But then as you get older, it's not always possible to, you know, drive yourself. And obviously, why wouldn't you um, share resources? Um, Years ago, everyone knew their neighbours. And, you know, when I was growing up, we'd often um, pick up our neighbours if we were going up to the town to do the shopping and bring them back again. Um, And it just makes sense. So we really hope that this initiative can start connecting communities again. Yeah, do you think there has uh, been something kind of lost over the last decade or so when the uh, when the financial crisis hit? Do you think uh, an overall sense of community has been dented from people moving away or what have you? Massively, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, rural Ireland has been hit very hard lately. Um, Every family has someone affected by immigration. You know, my own sister is in Australia. Um, she has a, a son now. And, you know, it's difficult. It's really difficult for us. Um, every village has a lot of people like that. Um, another thing is, you know, 
we're all living longer, which is great. Um, my own grandmother is 99 and she's nearly 100 and she still lives on her own, which is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, she's great help from her daughter and her family. But, you know, she is on her own and obviously she can't drive. Um, and it's sad to see people like that who's such a wealth of knowledge. You know, she's um, worked all her life and, you know, nobody passes the door from one week to the other. Um you know, she misses my sister dreadfully too. So it, it has a big impact um, on things like that. You know, every time my sister leaves, there's that awkward, you know, horrible moment where, you know, you just don't know um, what the future will hold. And I think I speak for anyone living in, in rural Ireland that it's been very tough the last few years um, with the with the recession. But Thankfully, it's really starting to pick up again. Like, you know, if you take my own example, I'm honoured to be able to work in rural Ireland. For years, I worked in Dublin and Cork. And now, you know, I have the pleasure of working down here in Kerry. The views are absolutely beautiful. I get to be around my family. So it's the best of both worlds. Do you think uh, people will start... uh adopting and enjoying services driven by data science in the same way that people just accept services like Skype now, that there isn't that barrier of uptake that there would have been with older people in the past. They just see the use of it and they go, oh, yep, that's fine. Do you think there will be that element of data literacy amongst older people that they will be like, oh, yes, okay, that's fine. I'm I'm on board with a, a rural Uber, this sort of thing, because I understand how it works and I, I see the benefits. Therefore, I'm quite happy to sign up for it. Yeah, that's that's a big challenge that the entire industry, data science industry is facing at the moment is um, adoption um, and trust as well. Um, and, you know, it's sometimes I feel like it's a little bit unfair how much society has moved towards technology that, you know, you might actually be isolating people who don't have those skills. Um, so I do know with the Clare, County Clare initiative, you know, there's from the very start, there was always plans for significant training and, you know, um, local meetings in the parish um, to get people involved and just to help them use it. Um, but, you know, we shouldn't um, we, we shouldn't disres- disrespect, our, you know, our older community. You know, they're well able to um, use phones and apps, as my mother <laughs> loves, which she texts me about 500 times a day with <laughs> pictures of the dog or the baby. Um, so, you know, it's just about adopting um, for everyone, not just younger people. We can't think like that anymore. You know, that's just not the way we live anymore. Technology is for everyone. Um, and we need to use it responsibly, too, I think. And that was Niall Kitson chatting with our voice chief data scientist, Dr. Susie Harding. That's it for our show for this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie or listen to us each week online or of course Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dustin Rhodes and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or Download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.